this week on A Lively Experiment. The death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg sets off a political firestorm in Washington. And progressive Democrats made inroads in this month's Rhode Island primary. What should we look for in November's general election? A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by... For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White, Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program in Rhode Island PBS. Joining us on the panel, former state representative Nick Gorham, retired URI political science professor Maureen Moakley, and Joe Trillo, former state rep and honorary chairman of the 2016 Trump campaign in Rhode Island. Welcome in, everyone. I'm Jim Hummel. What a week it has been. We have a host of local issues to get to, but first we begin with the talk of the nation, a potential ideological shift on the nation's highest court. We'll get to that in a second, but to set the table, I sat down with political science professor Joe Camerano. He's from Providence College, and he talked about the effects that the death of just a Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg will have on the court and potentially the presidential election. Here's some of what he had to say. The reality is this Supreme Court has been a conservative Supreme Court for over 30 years. And so their rulings have not been liberal rulings since uh, Ronald Reagan was president. It's been a very pro-business Supreme Court. And in the 1980s, we began to see a retrenchment where police have essentially been entitled to do almost anything they want, even if they know they're doing something wrong because of Supreme Court decisions. So we have a very conservative Supreme Court already. It's just going to get more conservative. What's bad is when they overturn laws uh, that democratically elected legislatures pass and are signed by executives. And they've been doing that quite a bit, and they've been doing it for ideological reasons for the past 50 years, for a while liberal, but for the past 30 years in a very conservative direction. I think without a doubt, if a Trump appointee gets on the court, the precedent of Roe versus Wade will be overturned. But that's not necessarily going to have the impact we think. Essentially, it will be left up to states. Some states have already acted both in, in a more conservative and restrictive way, but other states are going to have opened it in a more liberal and permissive way. Every year since 1975, the number of abortions in this country has gone down, regardless of the Supreme Court, regardless of the president, regardless of who controls Congress. But I think the Supreme Court has had way too much of a voice in our system of, of government. Uh, they're supposed to be the least dangerous branch, the one that only responds. Uh, and so they need to actually be a little less important. So President Trump has said he is going to put forth a nominee by the end of the week, and then we expect that to be fast-tracked. There was some thought maybe last week, oh, maybe it'll be put off till the election. It looks like it's going to go forward. Nick, I don't know how you feel about what the professor said. Let's, let's talk first about the court and how you see this playing out in the weeks and months ahead. Well, first I'd like to say uh, in February 2018, my wife and I attended uh, Temple Bethel on the east side where Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a speaker. And I have to say, she was incredibly eloquent. She always took the high road. And she took the high road in a way I can't really explain 
Uh, even when she was offering a jab or two at the president, uh, President Trump, that is, uh, you felt like you were laughing with Judge Ginsburg, but not at President Trump. She had a gift for that. Um, I think her special relationship with uh, Antonin Scalia may be the best beacon of hope that Americans can uh, hope for on the Supreme Court and in general. Um, they were close friends throughout their time on the Supreme Court, um, and yet they were ideologically opposed completely. And I think we need more of that in this country. So um, I think uh, Judge Ginsburg's legacy on gender rights is unmistakable. <clears throat> and I will predict that, that that mantle will fall appropriately to Judge, um, to judge Elena, uh, Justice Elena Kagan. I think she's already established a relationship with some of the conservatives on the court, particularly Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. And I would look uh, for the continuation of Ginsburg's legacy, believe it or not. I think it's such a noble legacy that it will be respected and perhaps, uh, as it seems, uh, supported by the conservatives on the court. You know, you just never know how people are going to vote. Um, Marine, Marine, it's been a political firestorm, and this has galvanized each side. I don't know how you think this plays off in the presidential election, who it might help or hurt. This is unprecedented, clearly. The Republicans said we have the right to go ahead, president, Senate, same party. What are your thoughts about how this is going to roll out? Well, I think it's going to rule out in the sense that I think uh, Trump's candidate will be confirmed. And uh, it's very unfortunate, but the Constitution is on the Republican side. I mean, the problem is that um, they didn't anticipate this. And it's one of these things where in no, you know, in no real world would they say they're not going to make this appointment. They're going to wait until the next president. I don't even think the Democrats would do this. So it was really, it was bad timing. And to the point about um, the whole debate about when the Republicans said, uh, well, we have to wait because it's an election year. I mean, the bar is so low. The fact that they flipped doesn't really matter. No, I mean, that people lie and change their minds. Our, our standard of civility is so low that I don't think it's going to matter that much. I think it'll gar I think it, on the one hand, it will help uh, the Democrats base. But on the other hand, I think it'll satisfy Republicans, particularly the evangelicals. So I think this is a done deal. And I think it's unfortunate, but I think that's the way it goes. Fortunately, as Nick mentioned, uh, the states have done, have created state laws that provide perfect protection for Roe v. Wade. We had that battle last year. And it's interesting now that uh, Massachusetts is thinking of doing the same thing. But as far as the, the national situation is, I think it's hard to know how it's going to play out in the immediate election. I think it's a done deal. I don't think they can do anything about it. And, and just one other thing we, I wanted to mention, when you talk about, when Joe Camerano talked about the fact that the courts have too much of a voice, they probably do. But that's because the Congress doesn't play its role. They shift this stuff off to the courts. And now this has become the really sharp ideological cauldron, if you will, where these, these issues get debated. Joe, you know, some people have said uh, the Republicans said four years ago it's too close to election. Now that has changed. 
Um, what about that? I, I've heard answers from Lindsey Graham and, and Mitch McConnell and President Trump on that. What do you think about that? Is that a double standard? I don't really think it's a double standard. I do think that uh, it's a different situation. The Republicans hold the Senate. Uh, in the in the last election, when uh, when before uh, Trump was elected, Obama was trying to put his appointment forward. Uh, the Republicans still held the Senate. So I think the combination of the presidency and who holds the Senate is key to whether this can move forward uh, in the last a year of a presidential uh, term. And certainly, uh, I think President Trump would get criticism from his supporters if he didn't move forward on this. I know he would, because there's an opportunity here. The Democrats are hollering foul because they just don't like it. And they're upset with the fact that this opportunity has presented itself. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate for them, but it's great for the Republican Party that this opportunity exists. And I'm confident that they will get this done. And even people like Mitt Romney, who have been critical of the president, realize that he needs to support this nominee for his own future, not just to go along with the president. So I think you're going to you're going to see this thing go through uh, faster than you thought. You know, I go ahead, Nick. If there's one thing I think Joe and I learned as uh, Republican members of the General Assembly a few years ago, it is that majority rules. And the, the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution says the president can do this, that he can appoint, and that the Senate can confirm. There is absolutely no prescription. And back in uh, 2016, the Democrats in the Senate didn't have the votes to confirm uh, Merrick Garland. The Republicans do have the votes, apparently, to confirm a new justice to be appointed by the, uh, by the president. And it really comes down to majority rules, which is a, a bedrock of, this, uh, of our nation, of our system of government. So I don't see anything extraordinary, extraordinary about this at all. The only extraordinary thing is going to be the debate. It's going to be the nastiest, uh, I think, the nastiest uh, um, uh, Supreme Court confirm, confirmation that we've ever had, which is why I tried to start on a very soft note, uh, <laughs> uh, because I think that's how you have to start this. If you don't start that way, there's no hope at all. It's just going to be so divisive and... and, and, and and you know, Nick, it's it's almost to a point where whatever the Democrats are going to say in criticism for whoever the president nominates, you can almost say that it's it's just ridiculous. They they will they will take whoever the female nominee is and try try to portray her as the worst thing that could possibly hit the Supreme Court, and that's that's just expected. And I think the people are tired of all this partisan politics. I know I. Am. And I, and I consider myself a politician. I'm sick and tired of, of hearing such partisan politics come out of Washington. They can't agree on anything. Yeah, but Joe, Joe, if it was flipped over and it was the Democrats, it, if it was in the other space, they would the Republicans would skewer the Democrat too. So I, I understand the overall point, but that's it's a lifetime appointment, and the the person's potentially going to be there for thirty years. 
So, you know, I mean, come on. If you can't stand up to a little scrutiny from, from a f- couple of senators, come on, you should be in the chair. Scru- a little scrutiny is one is thing, but out and out assaults and attacks is another thing. And, you know, the, the Republicans play by the rules. The Democrats, when they don't like the rules that are being played by and they're not winning, they want to change the rules. That's the difference. Here yeah, is Marie, a perfect, go ahead and jump in. Here is a perfect example. Joe, you know that on both sides, there's been rancor. And to start saying, a, making a partisan argument that it would be only the Democrats that would be divisive and nasty and not the Republicans stretches uh, credulity. If you I didn't say that they're the only ones. The Democrats take it to the nth degree. And I'm not even talking about this, this confirmation which has happened. I'm talking about the past two Look at what they've tried to do to these people, the, 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 the Democrats. The Republicans don't go to that level. I think they're a lot more respectable of the people than, than the Democrats have been. Well, we'll see when these debates come out. Well, uh, Jim, you know, one last thing. I, I really think uh, during the Kavanaugh confirmation, which happened at about the same time, Uh, that is right in the middle of an election, although it wasn't a presidential election, I think the Democrats' treatment of Mr. Judge Kavanaugh really cost them some seats. Uh, Unfortunately, one of our own senators, Senator Whitehouse, was one of the ones who was most belligerent toward uh, Judge Kavanaugh. And I think when, when Lindsey Graham offered that speech to just set the record straight and to just force the senators to look at themselves and see what they were doing to a family. I think it had an incredible effect, not just on the outcome of Judge Kavanaugh's nomination, but on the election. And I I predict if the Democrats do the same thing again uh, to any, any person, but probably especially a woman nominee, I think they're going to be in big trouble. I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, but Maureen, I don't know they'll be able to. I don't know if they'll be able to resist the temptation to just not go for scrutiny, as you mentioned, but just anything, anything. Ma- Maureen, might- you want you want the last word on that, Maureen? Well, I think I, look. I think we'll have to wait and see. I think in the case of these nominees, don't forget the Kavanaugh thing was something very different. It was a personal uh, exploration of this guy's personal sexual behavior. This is going to be more about. This is going to be more about professional capacities. It'll be interesting to see. I think Romney, for example, How do you know? will provide a lot of scrutiny for this. I don't think, I think it's a legitimate uh, cause to look into these people. And if they're qualified, fine. There'll be some rough tumbles. But in fact, um, we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. All right. Me going into someone's high school yearbook is scrutiny and, and you know, doing this cross-examination of them uh, on TV. I don't consider that scrutiny. Uh, and, I don't, and I'm not clairvoyant enough to say that it isn't going to happen again, something similar. And I'm afraid it will. But All anyway. right. 
right. To be continued, uh, maybe even after this show amongst the uh, three of us. Folks, uh, meanwhile, back here in Rhode Island, we have an uh, 800, 900, potentially a billion dollar uh, budget deficit. The governor and the leadership of the General Assembly said, the governor told me just a couple of weeks ago, look, we got to pass a budget if Congress doesn't do something. Now it turns out they're going to push it off until after the election. Meanwhile, the debt continues to increase. Joe, you have sat and you and Nick have both sat in that chamber many times. And it just, I think a lot of people see this as punting, that they're not making the difficult decisions about paring down what has now become a $10 billion budget. What do you think as you look at this from the sideline, having sat in that chamber for all those years? Well, I'd, I'd like to think that we represented a state that might have even had uh, a surplus to be prepared for a time like this. But that that would never have happened, especially in Rhode Island, because we always spent uh, a, a lot more than we actually took in. But with that said, I, I do agree to some extent with the theory that we're going to wait and see what the Fed, what we get from the federal government, because if the federal government in this next bailout contains some serious money for states, uh, maybe Rhode Island will be lucky enough to get some of that money and be able to plug the holes that are in the budget. I'm not sure all the numbers are in now in terms of what what we need to know in order to see the direction of what we've taken in and what we're losing and what the projections are. So, you, you know, I can argue it both ways. I could say we need to go in there now and pass the budget and get it done and not know whether we're going to get money in the future. Then what happens if we get the money? Do we go and take it and blow it as Rhode Island would normally do uh, anyway? Maureen? Well, I think I think the thing you have to think about is, I think Joe's reasoning is correct. However, one of the other things, the more cynical twist on this, is it does give the establishment, the Democrats, cover. Because when, you know, when we start debating these issues, depending how much money we get from the federal government, taxes are going up. There's going to be a big move to do that. People have talked about it. The progressives are really keen on this. You're going to see a tax on higher income people. And so in one way, it gives the establishment uh, a cover because this is not going to come up until after the election. And then those debates are going to be really fearsome. I mean, the question is, we know that I, I would venture to guess that definitely the taxes are going to go up on high income earners and they may begin to reinstate the car tax. And these are the kinds of things that I think the Democrats want to put on the other side of the election so they have time to work these out. So it works both ways, but in any case, it, it, does it does really help the establishment and the established leadership. To raise taxes, to raise taxes, no, no, yeah. that's the scary part. It, whenever there's covered in this state to raise taxes, you can bet your last dollar that they're going up. And so that's what's chilling about, about I, think, I think you're right, Professor, but that's what's so scary about it. Um, there is cover. I hope taxes don't go up. Let me just point out a couple of statistics from the American Legislative Exchange Council handbook that just came out. Rhode Island is 44th in economic performance. It's ranked 43rd in economic outlook. What a great time to be raising taxes. Uh, I hope they don't, but uh, I think, I think 
the professor is correct. There's plenty of cover. All right. We'll see what happens after the election. Uh, one interesting thing about the primary, we haven't had a chance to get to it, but there was a big progressive win over two uh, longtime incumbents, Harold Metz and Bill Connolly. Is this a signal for things to come? We'll see what happens to the Republicans, whether they can make some inroads in the General Assembly. Maureen, I know you've been looking at this, and I wonder what this says about, one, where the General Assembly is going to be going. Two, the leadership's a whole different thing. We'll get to Speaker Mattiello uh, perhaps later in the show. But what do you see as you look at the primary election and then moving in the sprint toward the general? Well, I do think um, it presents opportunities for um, for the Republicans in the sense that we know there is a group of Democrats that are basically conservative, but the the minority is so meager. You will, you guys know it's no fun being a minority. If they picked up a few more seats, they could have a credible, loyal opposition. And I think I think the inevitability of raising taxes and I think the inevitability of certain things that they're going to have to do to balance the budget, depending on the, uh, depending on the federal money, suggests that you may see more opportunities for Republicans getting seats. I'm a social scientist and I'm, I'm not necessarily I'm certainly not a Republican, but I do think we need more two party system. And one of the things I notice is uh, this opportunity when we start about creating more social programs that is coupled with the fact that you notice the leadership now in the in the republican party are talking about specific policies they're just not the party of no they're saying in terms of parents and school they want these accounts so they're coming up with some sort of an alternative agenda and i think if they were to continue this i think it provides opportunities for a sorting in the general assembly that's never been there uh, and a possibility that we have a, a sort of a more robust opposition. Joe? Well, I'd like to agree with Maureen, but on this particular issue, here's the problem. The problem is the Democratic Party in Rhode Island is very unique in, in a sense that it is, it's turned into four parties right now. You have the conservatives, you have the moderates, you have the liberals, and you have the left-wing progressives. Um, you have the conservatives that are members of the Democratic Party would come over to a Republican Party if the Republican Party had maybe a third of the of the of the General Assembly. But at the numbers that they're at right now, and with an assumption that the Republican Party could gain a third, I think is 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 a long way off. I, I'm thinking that's going to be a very difficult reach for the Republican Party. And what the Democratic Party has been able to do right now is they've been able to keep this big tent with with at least three. They they always had uh, conservatives, moderates, and and liberals. But now the progressives are forcing the hand of leadership, and they're trying to take over the party. If if I were the Democratic Party, I try. I'm talking on a national level. I would try to figure a way to get them the heck out of the party uh, by making some bylaw changes. Where they don't put some of the crazy things that the that the progressives stand for, like defunding the police. Nick, you want to jump in? I'm yeah. sorry, Maureen, hang on. Let me just get Nick in there. Go ahead, Nick. Sure, thank you. 
uh, I, I agree with Maureen. This is a great opportunity. Um, I just want to correct one thing she said. She said it's not fun being a Republican. Yes, it is, because you always get to do the right thing and vote the right way. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. You are not shackled by leadership and getting little goodies, you know, and things like that. So, uh, but it's true, you do get to vote the right way. You have far more independence. And I encourage people who are running as Republicans to campaign hard because it's a great, it's a great thing to do if, if you can get there. Um, when I see Nick Gorham and Joe Trillo, I think fun. That's exactly what I think. Nick, right, go ahead, right. finish up because we've got to get to outrageous. Sure. All right, well, I just wanted to say the thing is, I think um, what, as the party moves left, the Democratic Party moves left, Joe, there's an opportunity for the voters to say something about it and support Republicans. Remember, we had 12 years of Republican governors. Why? Because the Democrats nominated somebody too far to the left. So I do think the voters have a say in this, and I think uh, the GOP may be a beneficiary. Maureen, I hope you're right. I really hope you're right, because I believe truly that we need a two-party system, which Rhode Island hasn't had in many years. Uh, but I do think it's a long way off from actually being a reality. All right, let's go to uh, Outrageous Nick. Let's begin with you this week. Outrager Kudo. Um, I think, I don't know if anyone saw uh, the uh, story by Kathy Gregg yesterday about Senator Whitehouse, uh, but I thought it was outrageous that uh, Senator Whitehouse went into the House, uh, trashed just about every Republican, uh, and then refused to take any questions. Um, and I, I, I know that that's Washington, not Rhode Island, but I thought that was outrageous. Um, and I think whenever you go and, you know, you take real shots at people, you should you should be prepared to answer questions about what what your sources are and so forth. And by the way, not alone. The Wall Street Journal has already written about this. This is a real issue. And now with these uh, with the confirmation fight coming ahead, I, I hope um, I hope Senator Whitehouse will take a, a little more of a, a tempered approach to this conversation. Yeah. Process. Yeah, and the Democratic leadership gave him cover. Maureen, what do you have this week? Outrage or kudo? Uh, I have an outrage, but it's a light outrage. My outrage is we have now become part of the Southern Massachusetts media market. And, you know, this is Rhode Island. This is our state. But now we have to listen to ads in the Kennedy Markey race. And some of them got really nasty. And there was a lot of them. And now we're listening to a debate uh, about a referendum about car dealerships and property data rights so that's protecting small business. It's annoying because it has nothing to do with us and it's only going to get worse as the election rolls on. And one little aside <clears throat> is they have a funny system in Massachusetts and I'm, I'm glad we don't have it here, where a lot of these questions like the regulation of car repair is put up to the voters. That's not the kind of thing you should put on the ballot for voters. That's the yeah. thing that the legislature should decide. But anyway, I'm not so sure I'm happy about, in my little parochial world of Rhode Island, the intrusion of all these ads from Massachusetts. Joe, you get the last minute of the show. Really? We're that far in? Yeah, well, we are. My outrage is what's going on at 
country with this lawlessness and the riots that are portraying themselves as as peaceful uh, demonstrations. And the Democratic Party is sitting back and being silent about it and doing nothing. And most of these riots are happening in the cities that are controlled by Democratic mayors uh, and, and Democratic states. Uh, I think it's outrageous. It's scary. It's 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 something that is this the preview of coming attractions if a Democratic president is elected? And I have no doubt that this is not the preview of coming attractions. Uh, I think that the Democratic Party, if Trump gets reelected, and I believe he will get reelected, should really shoot themselves for the, for supporting this type of behavior, because I think it's going to take the party down. All right, Joe, thank you for that. Folks, thank you for joining us. We hope you can come back here next week as the Lively Experiment continues. Maureen and Nick and Joe, thank you. And folks, we'll see you back here next week. Have a great weekend. Experiment is generously underwritten by. For more than 30 years, a lively experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS.